Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Aggressive, you're energetic out there, but to come away with no points, that must be very hard to take. Yes, that is football, and we need to accept. Um, I think the performance, I think we improve in our performance, uh, but it's, it's true that uh, to concede two goals every single game um, is difficult to win games like this. Um, tough because uh, until I think we concede, I think during 80 minutes, I think we were the best, the best team on the on the pitch. I think happy and after the effort um, of the Champions League game against Olympiacos, I think the team reaction was was fantastic. I am happy, disappointed with the result, but keep working hard. Um, it's not another way to to turn the result. Um, in a positive way. Can we talk about one moment, the VAR moment? I mean, Serge Aurier scores, it would be 2 0. It's ruled out. Does it affect your players? Does that mentally, it's like, does it feel like they almost conceded, conceded a goal in some respects? Well, I think in, in both sides affected the, the, the game, that, that situation. Uh, you should be uh, scored the second goal after 80 minutes. I think really the, the game is going to be over when you gave the, like a, the massive belief to the, the team that um, was already dead, um, you know, something can happen. And after we conceded the goal 1-1, I think we had some chances to, to score the second goal. But in Premier League, uh, that is make uh, one of the, or the most uh, beautiful uh, league because uh, you can never stop uh, to be focused. And, and for us, uh, yes, yeah, very disappointed because the last minute, of course, uh, we lose the three points. But in uh, thinking in the big picture and, and long term, um, I am disappointed but very positive and optimistic because I think the team show um, great reaction after um, you know um, um, the Olympiacos and, and of course um, disappointed but um, happy with overall the performance. And in that big picture, are you concerned about Tottenham's away record in the Premier League? Because it's been quite a long time now, back to January since you got four points. Yes, of course. Uh, we are um, yes. We need to improve our performance away from home. Um, that is one point important to to improve. But um, you know, we are going to work hard, trying to to improve, keep work, working uh, with all the motivation and and of course uh, with the idea to to turn and and to start to to win games. That that is uh, the most important on on football. And it is now nine away defeats for Spurs, as we said, on the spin dating back to last season. OK, the Serge Aurier disallowed goal, VAR. We're going to take another look at it. Um, Robbie, you talked us through it. Kyle, you have a big problem with it, despite the fact that if we look at the replay again, he is offside. We think. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah, we know, we know. No, we don't know because there's a human deciding to put a line on that. When we were at, at the match center, you and I were partners on this. Yeah. They showed us how they were drawing the line. This is a human deciding where the shoulder is and drawing the line. Listen, VAR was brought in because there were mistakes. Everyone said, wow, that's so bad. They missed that. No one before VAR would have had a problem with that goal standing. No one would be able to tell. You've seen my shaky hands. What if it's me drawing the line? It literally, you'd have no idea where it is. It's not a matter of whether anyone has a problem or not. It's a matter of who's ahead of who. And if the red line is ahead of the blue line, 
I don't but like the, the way, arbitrary where I they don't decide like the way that put it's it. done, Rebecca. It looks amateurish the way it's done, but actually the decision's right. If, if, if his body's ahead of that last defender, then he's not. But well, this, isn't like, this isn't that's like Hawkeye and tennis, yeah. where, where it zooms in and literally millimeters. This isn't like goal line technology. It's black and white if you're offside or not, but not when you don't have the science to, to well, know they exactly. They calibrate that, don't they? they? We see the line that calibrates and, and finds that, that shoulder that position. The but line they, they literally are dragging, and you can see them do it. They're dragging the arrow and saying. I think that's his shoulder. That do you that that looks good. Let's leave that. When it's millimeter like that, you you have to have a margin where it's clearly and obviously a mistake. Until there's science that can tell you millimeters. So it's like, I, I just that's not what VAR is in there for to get offside calls that are so close no one could tell with their with their naked eye. I just I don't know. I don't agree. Manchester with it. City have had one early in the season mm. similar uh, mm. with Raheem Sterling. We've either got to accept it, Rebecca, mm. or we've got to well, challenge it and change the way that they. Yeah, do it. and let's forget that for a second, Lester. I mean, what, yeah. what, I mean, we don't have time yeah, to talk yeah. about it because of VAR, but less, I mean, mm. it takes Great away what an incredible performance, one of the best under Brendan Rodgers' era so far. A result that celebrates total football. You've had many great performances through your managerial career. How would you sum that one up this afternoon? Well, uh, when you shoot the first five shoots in target, the five goals, so what can I say? So the quality of the players that we have up in front make the difference. Not, it's not because in the same time, in the first minutes, we gave them uh, two chances to score two goals. And, uh, and they didn't. So at the end, it's Alufeo when the save from, from Medi in the first minutes, and, and we scored five goals. And after that, it's, of course, easier. But what I like the most is the fact the second half, normally one after five zero in the half time, the second half always is is not serious, it's boring, is uh, everyone to do what they want, and 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 we did completely the opposite. So we we took seriously, we we were more aggressive than the first half in our high pressing, and uh, we make a, a very good second half. Does this result also underline what we were saying before the game? It's not about when great teams lose, but about how great teams react after losing. Yeah, of course, but the people. The people still don't understand. So journalists, many years doing their job, the pundits, all former players doing now the job they don't understand, and the, uh, lose the game is part of the of the life. So why could not lose one game or two or three or four? So the opponents always deserve the respect and the credit, and uh, and and the same feeling I have right now that I had after Norwich game. So it was not a bad performance. So we make mistakes. But the performance was not bad. So I think what we have done during three seasons, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. It's, it's quite good and it's part of, of the process. So we can lose games, but the important thing is the approach and, of course, how we react. And the last two games, especially in, in Shakhtar, where the team making an incredible step forward, was, was really good. And when you score eight goals, should we in the media perhaps concentrate more on your offensive capabilities rather than concern ourselves with any difficulties we may perceive you have defensively? Well, I think in the three or four, in four years we, we conceded a few goals, the last two seasons a few goals. But the most important thing is we are the best, or one of the best, I would say the best team right now in statistics, the fact that um, less shoots on target. So we concede few, really few. That is when you are strong defensively. Of course, we have to improve because in the first five, ten minutes, we, we could have conceded two goals for our mistakes and that you have to avoid it. But in the same time, we know um, the middle up front, we had an incredible huge amount of talent. So that's why we have done what we have done. So at the end, the difference is the talent that we have up front and, and is there. 
Were you aware that you were so close to equaling the record of a 9-0 victory? And does it concern you? Uh, not at all. I didn't know it. Who is the record? Your neighbours, Manchester United. <laughs> they deserve it. Congratulations. <laughs> and just finally, I mean, does this also show that when people are talking about title races being over so early in the season, that really that is nonsense? Of course not. So they are incredible. Now we we have 96 points to try to get. So 96 points. So in, we're in September, in October now. Uh, September, September. 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 <laughs> Look at that. Uh, in September, so it's everything is in in the hand for all the clubs. So nothing is is done. So it's it show every game our spirit, what we have done the last two seasons, and after that, when one team is better than us, accept it. So it's part of the of our process. The important is be ourselves, and and most of the time, the last period we were, and that is the most important thing. It's really interesting, Robbie L, because mm. over the last couple of weeks, everyone's been talking about Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. are five points yeah. clear. No one's ever had a lead that much after mm. five games. <gasps> Manchester City have got no defenders. Oh, yeah. the season's done and dusted. That sent, to me, that seems like a, a bit of a statement from City today. It was a statement, Rebecca. Lost against Norwich. Everybody was surprised. Big win in, in Europe midweek. 3-0 uh, commanding. Today came out absolutely... Walked all over Watford you know, at a canter. All the big players playing, get the goals. Just put the pressure back on Liverpool again. Two points, now the difference. All the goals that they've scored. You go to Chelsea and let's see how you get on. That was Manchester City just saying, we're not done out of this title race yet. A line for Kike Sanchez-Flores and what was wrong mostly about Watford today. Here's the, here's the most damning thing for um, Kike Sanchez-Flores. He was brought in almost specifically. I mean, there were quotes to shore things up defensively. Uh, I mean, that is a huge blow to his statement of why it makes sense to bring him back and also, for the Pazzo family, why it made sense to make a change so quickly. I mean, how do you recover and strengthen a team defensively that was just absolutely wiped aside like they were a youth side? And so, you know, they've got a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, it's funny, I was watching Pep during the game and Pep Mm. looked like he wasn't enjoying it. And I think partly because it didn't tell us anything about their defense. That wasn't a test of what he's, his challenge is. I think Garcia might just be sitting at home with a glass of wine with a little smirk on his face for Becca. <laughs> Sat two weeks ago. Good point, he was indeed. What a good day to be a West Ham United fan. Robbie Earl, what won it for the Hammers today? Um, they were a better team, Rebecca, an improvement. You look at the league and we have got the traditional top six. There's three clubs that should challenge that. Newcastle United not won well enough. Everton with not consistency, and West Ham United. West Ham United now have a team that they look like they can be proud of. Improving their structure, their responsibility, their discipline when they haven't got the ball, and lots of attacking threats in the goal scorer when they have. Manchester United, the lack of strength in depth Mm. and a lack of what else today? Uh, Heart and and game plan, really. I mean, you know, this this is finally the moment where we say... It's a project. Of course it's a project. And there were a lot of injuries today. You understand all of that. But um, 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has to prove that if they're committing to something, we can see what they're trying to do. It wasn't really clear what they were trying to do today. It was disorganized. It seemed like a, a casual game of pickup of players that didn't really want to be out there playing the game. And, you know, James and a few, I, I think, are the exception to this. But you also see, you know, this team is nowhere near as good without Paul Pogba, which is a huge problem because a lot of players and fans are saying, you know, maybe he shouldn't be there anymore. Back, so we get to the last few minutes of the game. West Ham fans in the past would be on their way home because the team would have got beat. Today, they're olaying Manchester United. They're olaying passes around Manchester United players who can't get near them, who are not even putting a tackle in. That's the worry. Times have changed, but well done to West Ham United. Robbie, Mm. that scoreline and the performances, did they reflect actually the seasons that Liverpool and Chelsea have had so far? Liverpool perfect in the end. Chelsea flashes of good, not terrible, lose the game. It's probably a good way of pointing it, Becca. And you look at Liverpool, 15 straight wins now in the Premier League. I've never seen them hanging on like that. And that's a credit to, to Chelsea, the way they came back in the second half, but also maybe to the resilience of Liverpool. Once or twice I was looking on, on the, the camera, Van Dijk's shouting, Milner's shouting, Fabinho shouting, making sure we just hang in there and get the points. That's what champions do. And that's what this Liverpool team have got. There's a resilience now to Liverpool that wasn't there in the past. But from Frank's point of view... Despite losing, he can be quietly pleased with what he saw second half, that it was all about them, it was all about them getting goals. And with better finishing, they at least get a draw out of that. You agree? I think it's their best performance yeah, under Frank Lampard. And I know Chelsea fans are not going to like to hear that. I know they want to win this game. But if you're a Chelsea fan, you have to be honest with yourself and say, we won that second half, and I know that doesn't count. You don't get three points for that. But but to put Liverpool back on their heels, and we talked to Frank Lampard when we were over watching training before the season, the thing he was working on most in preseason, winning the ball back. I mean, we, we saw the work that he's been spending all preseason with one of the most irresistible, the two best teams in the league. They just faced one of them, and they couldn't get through. Their counterattack wasn't dangerous. They were winning the ball back. I mean, Liverpool were hanging on in that game, and great performances from young players. It's just Frank Lampard was probably devastated he wasn't in that game with that Mason Mount chance. How many times have we seen him score that one coming from a deep position? But from Liverpool's perspective, six played, Mm. six wins... Mm. Are they going to take some stopping? It's, it's kind of getting to the point where you don't know what... Well, I mean, last year it was one loss. And it's just the margins are that tight. I mean, this is just such a good Liverpool side. And they had to scrape it out. Champions win when they don't necessarily play well. Manchester yeah. United did years of it. Liverpool might just be starting. I mean, so. Matip and Van Dijk were, were just... I mean, how, how many times they were first, everything in the box. Pretty incredible. And interesting, because many thought Joe Gomez were coming yeah, along Matip by Van Dijk. But Matip is playing so well this season. Liverpool have become the first team to win their first six matches in back-to-back seasons in top-flight history. That's some achievement from quite some team. Here's their manager, Jurgen Klopp, at Stamford Bridge. Jurgen, away to a top-six rival. You've come and you've won. How did you do it? Oh, we had a really good performance yeah, and um, with, with passionate defending in the second half. So, But we, I think... Um, it was a good game, two good sides. We were really in control of it. First half, we've scored two wonderful goals after set pieces, obviously, but forced these set pieces as well and decisive areas so that we were not too far away from for the free kick, from the goal from the, for the free kick. And then um, second half, uh, I think we had two, mm, at least one no-brainer um, to... to um, make it a bit more clear to make 3-0 would have been a statement in that game I'm pretty sure it was very intense for both teams obviously yeah but then um, Conte makes his little run and with his 
big toe. Obviously, he kicks it in the in the far end. So really nice, nice goal. And then it's completely normal eh, that you that you have then that you come then under pressure. We were, um, but we defended well. Um, maybe one big one. Mason, I think in the at the end, yeah, 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 yeah. But a um, couple of good saves from both goalkeepers. They were lucky in the situation, I think, in the second half. And I have no clue how they how they got the ball off the line. And then we have a other brilliant save of Ali. I think it was offside. Um, but yeah, so just good situations, um, an exciting game, and yeah, that's how it is against top six. Not only top six. That's how the Premier League is. Um, if you don't finish the game, then it's open until the. Um, and and um, so that was today like this, but I really think we deserve the three points, and so all good. Welcome back to Stamford Bridge. We've taken our spot here, pitch side at our desk after this victory for Liverpool by two goals to one. And look who it is, the man who scored the opening goal for Liverpool into the net over there. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, thank you very much for joining us so soon to the end of the game. Um, Lee Dixon said in commentary that you'd ne- you shouldn't kick a moving ball <laughs> for, for a free kick, um, but it appeared to work out all right with you. Was that off the training ground? No, not really, I think. Just because it was so close, it was hard to be able to, to hit a static. I think the main thing can be behind it was if you if you can move the ball, then you get the, the, the bodies moving, you see the, the the side of the wall trying to sprint out and, and block the ball, and it makes it harder for the keeper. I don't think he had a, a clear sight at all. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just about placing the ball there. You see that everyone's moving, and it just makes it a bit blurry for the keeper. What's, what, what's the celebration there then, Trent? Um, actually, um, I've just got FIFA this this past week, the new FIFA, and um, I've been, yeah, I've been playing it with the boys. So that was that was for the boys. You got don't don't play the, the youth. Don't play the Champions oh, League version. He's on it. Version. No, no, <laughs> waste, waste of money. Uh, Fifteen <laughs> wins in a row. I mean, your manager has called for consistency, and that's what you need against this powerhouse Manchester City side in a title race. You can't do much more than win fifteen games in a row, can you? No, obviously, I think the hand of last season we were nine in a row, and it still weren't enough. So. Um, yeah, we, we've got to try and push ourselves to the limits and know that Man City will potentially make up that ground um, sooner rather than later. You've got to be ready for that as a team. And all we're trying to do is just keep winning every game that we go into. I think we've 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 got a, a cup game midweek. That's what we're going to focus on now and put the league aside for the for the next few days. And then after that game, focus back on the league. It's we, we want to win every trophy that we're in this season, and it's something that that. that that the manager's talked about and, and wanting to push ourselves in, on all fronts. Well, talking of mindsets, obviously you've got this incredible winning mentality between you. You've all set each other high standards and you seem to try and set each other high standards every game. What was the difference in mindset between the first half and the second half? Because there was a point where I felt you became much more passive as a team. You sat off Chelsea in the second half. Was that by design or was it just a case of that's how it evolved? That's just part of the game, I think. Everyone says that every team has that 10 minutes in a game and they had a, a really strong second half. We knew that was going to happen. We spoke about it in the changing room half-time. You know, Chelsea, they're a really proud, proud side. They were, were never going to come out and just let us play the football that we wanted to. So in the second half, we knew that they were going to come out and, and be all over us and try and stop us from playing and, and try and score goals, which is what they needed to do. And Yeah, it was, it was tough, but we, we dug deep and we were able to, to get the win. With a game like that, we obviously see you playing at home a lot and how the fullbacks play a lot more advanced than me and him did in our day. But, and uh, some, of your, some of the positions you find yourself in, I'm like, oh, I get, I get nosebleed watching you. But um, do, you, do you 
adapt as a team when you play away from home and your full-back's a little bit more square with your centre-backs or is that something that Virgil will sort out or is it Jürgen that's left up to him or yourself? It'll, it'll be part of the game plan that mm. we know that away from home is different, mm-hmm. the, the, the crowd's different, the, the atmosphere's different, you feel probably a little bit more nervous going forward and leaving yourself exposed, whether that Anfield you feel as though you've got the, the, the full flow of the game. Um, so yeah, we as full-backs we tend to, to drop a little bit deeper in away games, we, we try and play a bit more um, and make sure we've got, we've got options because away games obviously are much tougher than, than home games traditionally so for us it's about adapting to that during the game if, if we can go higher then, then that's what we'll try and do but first and foremost is, is, is set a solid foundation and try and get the clean sheet and, and give, give good balls to the forwards that can hopefully go and, go and score the goals mm-hmm. Welcome back to Stamford Bridge at our pitch side desk that was the situation today Liverpool winning by two goals to one a 15th consecutive Premier League win you called in your press conference for consistency, Jurgen Klopp. You can't do much more than get 15 wins in a row. How happy are you with that performance today? With parts of it, very, very happy. So it's 100%. I don't know if we can talk about different uh, other numbers. I think Chelsea lost in the last like three years or so, only one or two games at home. So it's a, it's a tough place to go. And um, it's not about playing a bit, a bit of football and try to be a genius in moments. So it's really about uh, hardest work. And um, that's what we were ready to do today. And... Um, I loved a lot of a lot of pressing situations today. We were outstanding, smart in these situations. How we closed them down. Then we won the ball, and then we didn't use that situation mm. often enough and good enough. But it's a, it's the biggest challenge in football: being so lively, so aggressive to win that ball, and then you get it, and it, yeah, 180 hard rate, and then whoop, pass the right ball. But we will go. We will come there. So that's um, that's the next big big step for us to do. Set pieces help in, in tight games a lot. Uh, they were brilliant. Uh, we, we scored two of it and we could have scored two more direct after half time. They were the biggest chances in the whole game. Um, Adi with a good save. Not sure if he was there offside or not, but apart from that, we defended outstandingly well. And then game is open. 1 0, 2 0, and it's clear as, as soon as they score, will be exciting. Obviously an expansive, exciting team, we know that. But you, as a coach, you must be really pleased with the way they responded second half because Chelsea really had a go at you. They created chances and crossing opportunities. Alonso, we said, probably have to have his left leg in ice, the amount of crosses he put in the second half. But you must be really pleased as a coach. Yeah, we, we should have adapted to that a bit better, to be honest. It's not, it's not that masterstroke to play a diagonal ball to Alonso he takes the ball one touch and then he's there so we, we couldn't do it obviously in the game so we had to we changed late <laughs> but we changed at least yeah, yeah. we brought Joe Gomez <laughs> and then um, um, and Trent was um, there as well so um, that was their way that was okay but the, the crosses if, if we if Cross like this, we are usually prepared for. Yes, they had one chance. I think it was Bajoy who, who had that header. But apart from that, usually Joel and and World should defend this situation. So if you have to beat us over the, from the wing, yeah, ball in the air, everything can happen. But we should be in charge. Um, so that's that's true. We, we we had to fight. We had to fight. And then it's like it is. So we could have played much more football then, or we should have played much more football. Keep the ball, calm it down with the ball. Very you know, calming down the game, not with being like passing here, passing there. That's invitation for pressing. No, pass the ball quick and let them run until they, in idle world, vomit. But um, we didn't do that. Did you think the mindset was slightly different in the second half as the game went on? Did you, did you feel that the team were a little bit passive in terms of got a little bit deeper and invited a little bit of pressure? It's hard to manage those situations. Yeah. So it's not the first time that you're 2-0 up, but you're two ex-pros, you know, 2-0 is, is, uh, 
it can be a bitch. Mm. Yeah, so really, because you know, it's like it, it looks like comfortable in this, mm. so especially away from home. And um, so, yeah, well, it's not exactly the same. But how I said, we could have scored directly after mm. time. I think the first ten minutes, these yeah. two goals, and then come on, mm. um, said Peter, part of the game, so it's allowed to use it. So um, that, that would have been really great. But so it's like it is. Yeah, maybe a slight, maybe a little bit. But we had a problem at Sadio, got a, a proper knock hit, like a dead leg. Yeah. He was not 100% anymore, tried everything. And so we could have played, how is that? We are really, we have, we, are, we have so much space for improvement. But the first job is to be a really annoying and, 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 and uncomfortable opponent. Mm. And we were that again. Yeah, yeah. Should not be a joy to play against us. It was obviously today not. And so... Happy with that? Three points. Let's go home and prepare the next game. Jürgen, finally, the margins between yourselves and Manchester City, as we saw last season, are so wafer-thin. Is a five-point lead at this stage of the season <laughs> in any way significant, or are we just not going to talk about that? We should not talk about that. If you watched the game yesterday, do you think you can get rid of a team like that? They come from Ukraine, have absolutely no time to prepare, have no time to rest and play that game the first 15 minutes. You... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? And they could have scored 12. Mm. And uh, yeah, wow, it was unbelievable. It was really a joy to watch, to be honest. Um, but uh, so it, and we don't. It's not only City. And there are so many teams around that they, they will come, and it's so long. And we we all need to be lucky with injuries and stuff like that. So much to come. So 18 points after six matches is is a pretty cool number. Mm. But it's just only six matches. It's 32 <laughs> games to come. So that's <laughs> another big number. Yeah. Gentlemen, <laughs> 96 points to play for. Great to see you, Jürgen. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on a 15th consecutive Premier League win. What about Jürgen's opposite number? Let's hear from the Chelsea manager, Frank Lampard. Frank, of course, the result is a disappointment, but when you look at the details, the flow of the match, what do you think? Well, didn't deserve to lose. Um, possibly could have won, and I don't want to sound naive because details do change games against top opposition particularly and uh, to concede oh, the, the free kick's a ridiculous goal fair play to that uh, in terms of the finish but uh, the cross and Firmino shouldn't be having a free header in that six yard box clearly but performance wise I thought we were the better team in the second half we were pushing character um, started to do things that we keep trying to do here which is a work in progress switch the ball get crosses in um, more energy in our game um, sometimes just character pure spirit um, and that's why the crowd clapped the team off when they've lost so um, three points is gone but let's make use of this uh, and take it forward because if we play that week in week out we've got a really good chance uh, It looked like you'd made it 1-1 VAR of course intervened mm. even though you're on the you know, the wrong end of it today mm. are you okay with that? Well it is what it is I'd like to think we might get a couple in our favour at some point because um, it happened in the Super Cup. We go 2 0 up with a similar, really tight decision against Pulisic there, where we probably would have won that game, and again, it happens against us. But you know, you can see Mason's tiny bit offside. Uh, it's just probably more frustrating than anything, but it is, it's where we're at now. Is it good for the game, or I mean, does that even matter? Do we just have to get on with it? We do have to get on with it. It's a sad thing for the celebration and the moment, um, but if we're looking for correct decisions, I suppose that's where we're at now. Um, you know, I watched Tottenham 
play yesterday, had a goal, we're celebrating with the fans as we all love to see. Uh, and it was similar with us today, so it's um, that's a bit of a shame. But we are there, it was slightly offside, and that's kind of the way it's dropping for us at the moment. And as I say, hopefully a couple will go in our favour. Does it give you a mental low that you don't have to get over? It's almost like conceding. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It definitely changes the atmosphere in the in the crowd, uh, on the pitch. You know, we're slightly deflated, the players are, uh, and they get a boost from it, obviously, because uh, I think we deserve to be level all the time with the goal. Um, and then you go, okay, can we go and win this game? And um, little moments like that, of course, they they uh, they change the face of it. Did you do enough, particularly in that first half, to get at them? No, uh, that's right. We uh, didn't really grasp the moments that we should have. Because we played, there were some uh, big spaces there for us to play into. And then it's just that instead of that last pass being uh, clinical enough, it's maybe a square pass or a safe one, which sometimes is um, it's the easy option. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll improve. Uh, what do we have made of Manchester United, though, today, Roy? Oh, I tell you, I don't know where to start. I have to say, I'm, um, I knew they weren't in a great place, but I'm shocked and saddened how bad they were today. I know you can lose a game of football, but everything about the game, but United, lacklustre, no quality, lack of desire, lack of leaders, lack of characters. It's a long way back for United. What's scary how far they've fallen? It's damning. Uh, apologies if you can hear the, uh, the tunnel here at Stamford Bridge coming through. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be looking for positives right now, Jose. Can you find any for him? No. I can't find some. Um, we were bad last season, but uh, I don't see any, any improvement this season. Even with um, three new players, and I have to say players with a with a positive impact, um, I like I like the three, and I think they they are bringing some good quality to the team. But the team as a team, I don't like at all, and um, I'm not surprised by by the result. And uh, I don't think Ole can can take any any positive from the game. Wow. Really interesting mm. to hear uh, on Sky Sports today the thoughts there of Roy Keane and Jose Mourinho. Kyle, just to quote some of those back to you. Shocked and saddened, said Roy Keane. A lack of desire in that team, a lack of leaders. He says it's scary how far United have fallen. And Jose Mourinho says no positives to be taken for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at all. I do not like the team. We were bad last year, mm-hmm. but clearly he feels they're even worse. Your reaction? I mean, if you, you can um, name one Manchester United player in their history then bodies everything that we didn't see from Manchester United today would be Roy Keane. So, so it's kind of someone where you'd say everything that he stood for and Robbie's played against him and you know what it's like to battle against him, it was lacking. So uh, that was a – sometimes we see Keane really get stuck in off the field as well. He, he truly seemed incredulous a bit, saying how does this happen to this great football club? I mean, this club that he fought for, that so many players fought for, but then did so many beautiful things at the same time, a club that would never have a lack of desire. I mean, the, the, the requisite energy that's needed to just have the jersey on and what that brings out of players, to see it lacking in so many players, it's just kind of shocking. So, Carl, how has it happened? I, I just, I think there are a few things that are clear to us now that we've talked about all along. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson is better than we thought he was. I mean, I mean, it's really like, the guy was incredible at maintaining well, that's respect the problem, for Cal. the football club that and building exactly a winning the problem. culture. There's been no planning since that guy was in charge. 
he's finished and this football club have gone that way and are continuing to go that way, Rebecca. What Roy Keane is upset about is, it, and I don't mean any disrespect to West Ham, but when he was playing, oh, we're going to West Ham. And they'd go, they'd win the game and they'd come back to Manchester. And I said at the end of the game, when West Ham United fans are all laying Manchester United to keep the ball and can't get near him, and no one's getting tight, no one's putting a tackle in, no one even looks as though it's really ruffling their feathers. Yes, they're trying, but that's what professional footballers do. That, that becomes a big problem. There's a lack of real quality, top-end quality. We look at, when you look at um, Liverpool and you look at Manchester City, and United are nowhere in that league. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said at the end of that interview, we will improve. Do you believe mm. him? I don't. I don't think he can improve this team enough to get them back where they want to be. He's a good guy. He's going to play some young players and he'll, they'll get the results. But to get back to where they want to be, I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got that within him. So the question is, should they keep him? Well, I just think, again, it's above that. I mean, Jose Mourinho, as great as he is as a manager and, and say whatever you want about towards the end of his career now where things aren't going as well as it used to, it's kind of above that. If it doesn't get fixed above, I don't think they can get this culture back. Well, welcome back to Stamford Bridge, the scene of Liverpool's 15th consecutive Premier League victory uh, today against Chelsea by two goals to one. I'm delighted to say, though, that the Chelsea goal scorer N'Golo Conte joins us at the pitch side desk. N'Golo, a disappointing result, I suppose, for Chelsea today, but I want to talk about your goal. When did you start to think, I'm going to go for this on the edge of the penalty area and go for the top corner? Yeah, firstly, like you said, a disappointing result. We wanted to to have a better result because we needed points. But I think uh, Liverpool scored two goals. We were, uh, we were uh, losing. I wanted to, to try my best to, to come back in the game. And uh, as soon as I get the ball, I try to come uh, in the box. And uh, I open... Here it is. Yeah. Oh, have I you open... scored a better goal than that? Yeah, I think maybe when I was young. But, uh, <laughs> when I was young, maybe. But at the end, disappointed by the result, yeah. Well, I noticed um, when you walked out from the, from the tunnel, it was a bit slow. Is that because you've missed four games through injury? Do you, do you feel it in your legs after a game like that? No, I feel a bit my ankle, but uh, I'm OK. So just a little bit reaction. I need to be careful, but I'm all right now. Great. Graham? What, what do you think changed between the first half and, and the second half in terms of the way Chelsea played? Well, I think uh, we are losing 2-0. We spoke uh, during the half time and uh, we needed to, to go in full, uh, use our full chances. And uh, we try our best, we try to switch. I think Marcos uh, uh, put a lot of danger in, uh, in, uh, for the Liverpool defence. And uh, we go with another spirit and I think we, we don't, we've done very well in the second half. We, we all think that you're the best holding midfield <laughs> player in the world. We think we love the way you play. You're playing in a slightly different position than you were maybe 18 months ago. Where, where's, where do you like to play best? Where's your best position? Because we're now seeing you getting forward. Are you enjoying that role? Yeah, of course I'm enjoying. I think uh, I made this change since uh, Maurice Osari was here last season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoy to play in this position, to try uh, different things, to try to help the, the team uh, offensively. Mm -hmm. And I think I need to work again and uh, I, I think I can improve. I think your finishing's OK. <laughs> it's getting, I need more, I need more. It's getting a lot better. Um, you're 28 now, is that yes. right? Now, in this team, that's like a veteran.
because they're all 21 and 20 and 19. Do you feel that you're kind of a leader now here at Chelsea? I think uh, by the, my experiences, well, I can uh, like be a, maybe an, an example for the young one. But uh, I think all the young who came uh, in the team this season, they came with a lot of spirit, a lot of... Uh, a lot of motivation, so I think uh, it's helpful for us and uh, it's good to see them and with the hunger and the, the desire to do well, it's good to have them. When you look at your career, because I think it's absolutely fascinating, I'm from the city of Leicester, so, so we've we followed your career very closely. Mm. When you, you came to England, you're a Premier League champion more than once and a World Cup winner. Can you believe what's happened to you over the last few years? Yeah, of course, because I can believe. Uh, if you ask me what, like a few years ago, like five years ago, I will not, I will not believe. But uh, step by step, uh, my career was built. And uh, as soon as I came to Leicester, to Chelsea, we we, we start to start for title. The national team is the same, and I think uh, everything I get is a lot of work behind, and I'm happy for what. Et votre anglais, c'est magnifique. I need to work. Encore du travail, encore du travail. Fabulous, Angolo. We thank you very much for your time. And we're, it's really terrific to see you back. And congratulations on a very, very thank good you, goal. Thank you. Thank you. Angolo Kante, Rebecca, terrific man. What a player as well. We'll send it back to you. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now.